Okay, I'm just going to stay as still as possible. <laughs> like, this is so unnatural, but I am i don't want you to have to, like, edit all a whole bunch of crap. So, yeah. Podcast time, baby. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Mike Tech Studios podcast. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, kids and animals of all ages. We actually have a great uh, guest with us today. We're going to be talking a little bit more about marketing and the power of marketing. Is my guest Tasha Johnson. Tasha, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to sort through the technicalities of trying to get this, po- this podcast for anybody listening. This podcast almost did not make it today. The, I guess that you're having some difficulties trying to get email coming in or, or something. What was, what was going I on? I have no idea. It was like, there was a weird, strange delay. And when I would receive your emails and I was just like, what is going on here? Cause I was really super excited about us doing our podcast. I'm like, is this the universe trying to keep us apart? I mean, I'm glad we won. So yes, yes. I, the tiger. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you know, I've had this problem in the past myself and this is actually, um, I forget. I'll, I'll have a link to it in either the, the description for the podcast or uh, if you guys are listening on YouTube, you'll see like a key card. When you have domain-based emails, quick tip for anybody listening, when you have a domain-based email, the issue is, is that you may have that email actually stopped from the server end. Um, there's an option to gray list some of the emails that come in. And what it means is that on the server side for your domain, it's kind of pilfering through and going through your emails and saying, hmm, this might be garbage. This might be good. We don't know. And there might be a delay that way. Another method that I've actually used to use a lot of these subscription emails that you get on like a daily basis, what you do is use that email that you're trying to check in quicker. Like for example, the email that you were having that I sent, I don't know, a couple of hours of a delay or, or, or sometimes even longer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes what ends up happening is if that email is not noted as important for whatever your end client's email is, it's not checked as often. It doesn't check in with the server as often as it should. Kind of a cheap or free cost-effective trick that I've done to get around that is take that email and sign up for all these other different things that like to bombard you two or three times a day. These subscriptions, these emails, you have all these retails and coupons and things like that. And then you can go in in your client's email of choice and sort of just you know filter them out, mark as red if it's Gmail or something like that. But what it ends up doing is it validates the validity of checking in with the server more frequently with that email, and it actually speeds up the process. So I have a lot of domain-based emails that were brand new, and they may not be used as often, but I still need those emails to come in as quickly as they're sent. By doing this method, it's a, a trick to speed up the process and still show the server, hey, listen, this is important. Please check this. Please send it to me as quickly as possible. Got so, it. Something to pass on for you that could be of benefit and of value to you and also to any other listeners that are having slow cPanel or domain-based email issues. Definitely. The more you know. There you go. <laughs> you it out. But anyway, so back to the conversation and the task at hand with people that want to listen to me talk about all this. I came across Tasha here. She has, she's doing so many different things. I actually came across some of the uh, Starring You videos that, that she does. But Tasha, why don't you just take it from the top, tell uh, listeners what you're about, what you do. Sure. What you're so my background is actually in marketing. So I am a digital marketing strategist 
strategist and I actually create content as well. So I have a nine to five, but I have a variety of different side hustles that I thoroughly enjoy. And Starring You is one of them. Starring You is a website that's dedicated to providing digital marketing, productivity, and technology tips and tricks to individuals and small business owners that are looking to actually conduct a lot of their own marketing campaigns. So they don't have the money to necessarily hire a big fancy agency and they want to do it on their own, but obviously they want to make sure that they reduce the time it takes for them to connect with their audience. And that's where I step in. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And you know what? I've also found some more and more as the agencies become bigger, the, I want to say the personable aspect of dealing with an individual disappears. And that's what I want. I want, I want to be able to reach out to somebody immediately and not have a group of people and not know. I've also been on the other side of that where, you know, you're pretending that you're part of one company, but you're really working for somebody else and you have to kind of tell them, you know. Yeah. 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 All right. That all sounds awesome. Now you also, you do a couple of different podcasts, I think as well, right? There was a, what, what, what's the other one you're doing? I do. So I have a podcast for starring you, which is based on a, a lot of what I have on my website, but I also have another blog slash podcast called Hustle and Faith. That podcast is geared towards, um, it's like a Christian lifestyle blog and podcast where I talk about things like Christianity, nutrition, health and fitness, beauty, things of that nature. So it's more of a personal blog. So you get to learn a little bit more about me minus all the business stuff. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, and I remember just seeing that with a lot of your content and, and when we got to talking, you were telling me that you were just pulling in so many other different directions and you're actually looking at doing a very interesting sort of podcast and content series upcoming as well. What, what was yes. that about again? Yes. So I have actually been teaching English online for the past six years. And so a lot of my students, they wanted to have more material to practice their English. And a lot of my students are adults. So they're looking to learn English in order to further their business skills. And so I'm going to start a podcast and YouTube channel geared towards helping them improve their English. So we're going to talk about a variety of different topics that they need to learn in order to help them, you know, get a job. Yeah. I mean, and and that's cool. That's like a triple threat right there. You do. And then uh, I know we were talking about doing some voiceover work here, but let's, um, let's dig back into the marketing aspect of things. So with Star you now what is really like your I want to say your main focus when people come to you what is what is really I guess on their mind agenda wise their number one project typically and I know this is going to sound crazy to some folks is my voiceovers so I actually offer voiceover services in conjunction with my content marketing so I love to write I'm very passionate about helping people create their own brands and so a lot of that involves creating content especially using audio so a lot of people have been using my voiceover services. Now, is this yeah. is this more for social media, web video ads? Like where do you really get most of your interest in uh, project wise? Most of my interest has actually been coming from social media. The projects themselves that I've been working on are, they pretty much run the gamut. So I have done small commercials. I've done explainer videos. Right now I'm actually working on a really interesting project where I'm actually doing the voiceover for a world geography course. There you go. There you go. (laughs) I'm learning so much at the same time though. (laughs) 
so as I'm reading the script, it's kind of funny because I'm like, oh, I didn't know that about this country. I didn't know this country existed. So it's been an interesting project, to say the exactly. least. Exactly. And, and, you know, I've had the same issue. I've had a couple of people uh, when I was new clients for business card opportunities. I have people reaching out to me from places in Africa, Nigeria that I've never even heard right? of. And they're like, <laughs> We'll ship over here. And I'm like, I didn't even know you. I have to look it up and see what the cost is going to be. I can do it, but I don't even know if, you know, how long it'll take to get there if it's even connected. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, and, and essentially being able to have connections to your community, to people who wouldn't normally be able to meet with you on a day-to-day basis, you know, in a brick and mortar location and things like that. Is it something where they're coming to you specifically for a specific marketing need or is it more of a package that you like to talk to them about? Because that's really something that I, you know, for example, I had somebody who came to me and they were looking for new new inventory photos for their for the lock business talking with the guy he needed you know website support and updates he needed a whole sort of videography work done photography done he really needed like a whole update on his branding it's it, it really does vary by client but i do my best to try to get people on a package and the reason i do that is because i know based off of previous projects how much it's how much time and effort, quite frankly, it's going to take me. So I try to put them on a package deal and that way everyone's on the same page. This is what we're going to do. This is the amount of hours most likely it's going to take in order for me to complete this particular project. And that way, if we go over, I have something that I can look back on, see, you know, this is how much it's going to take. If you're doing stuff by the hour, it gets tricky because to me, you're setting yourself up, in my opinion, again, clearly my opinion, to <laughs> <laughs> to be in a situation where you're chasing down invoices. And yeah, the argument could be that, well, that could easily happen for a package as well. But would you rather be chasing down just one thing or would you be rather chasing down all of these different invoices for the amount of hours that you've worked? I'm going to go the package route. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know what? For me and the customization of levels of work that I've come across over the years, what I've learned uh, when I first started out as a freelance designer and marketer was you work on deposit. I mean, yep. again, this is just how how I do it. Yep. And within recent years, I put out a clear statement of work for individuals or organizations. I just put one together where there was a, a change of project where they wanted to do a one-off versus something a little bit more long-term, which is fine, but it's going to change the terms slightly as to exactly if I'm already three hours into a meeting and driving back and forth, I have to sort of cue those numbers in with a proposal and a quote versus something where it's going to be a little bit more remote or a little more dedicated. You know, it could be a little more lax with the pricing. 100% agree with you on that. I require half of a deposit as well. And then the other half is upon completion of the, the project. So I agree with you 100% on that. Now, I'm just curious, have you had a lot of issues when you go to uh, receive the final payments and in exchange for project files? I feel like my clients are a little bit more established because I really don't have that back and forth headache because all throughout the process, I'm giving them milestones. So I have the way that my contract is set up, milestones of when I'm going to have certain things completed. And then, I don't know, I just completed before the milestone. Like, we really don't have 
have that back and forth. And I realize that some people aren't as fortunate to work with very happy-go-lucky, easy clients, but I've been pretty fortunate to have that happen. I'm trying to think, I had one issue where the woman had was, I mean, she had changed the terms a couple times, mm-hmm. but she even admitted it was her fault. Mm-hmm. So that could have turned into very badly for me had I not had things in writing. And that's one of the things I cannot stress enough. I don't care if it's a family member. I don't care who it is. Get it in writing. If you don't get it in writing, some people have selective amnesia. I hate that. It is what it is. So if you don't get it in writing, it's almost like it just didn't happen. I had everything in writing. There, there can't be that much back and forth when you have it in writing. Regardless of what it is, I mean, that's where a clear statement of work comes into play. You know, this is what I'm proposing that I'm going to do. This is what you're proposing I'm going to be working on. This is the proposed time frame. This is the proposed price. And I also note in any of the contracts that I do specifically that these are estimates. These are not totals. And if anything falls out, the spec of work that we talked about, and I give them a, because I like to um, item list or flat rate the the projects that I do. And again, this is, I've always learned that, listen, you know what? You flat rate something, it gives you more of an incentive to finish it on time. Yep. It it lets you know, hey, if this is supposed to take you 13 hours and then this other aspect is supposed to take you seven, you should be spending collectively 20 hours roughly on there. If you're not, you need to redo your math later on when you're doing this type of package or service. Yep. Or you need to talk with the, the client and just realize, hey, you know what? This is going far out of the time that we've spec'd and talked about. And like you said, if it's written down, there's no miscommunication. I've had people who assume that original project files, if it's a business card or raw video is included with a package when very clearly written that it's not. I've also learned my lesson earlier on where I've released five prior to having final payment. You know, a customer is having a trade show, you need to overnight them over, you know, printing materials. And then that's, you know, that's when you lose people. But Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something. And, and like you said, once you start getting to a place where you you know your clients, you know what the rate is, you know what the expectations are, you're not picking every single project that comes your way. You are... Yes. You're selecting the things that speak to you and that speak to your body of work. I cannot tell you how many people that have said, you know, hey, you know what? Your work is too colorful or too simple or, you know, whatever it is, it's outside the realm or spec of what they're maybe looking for. But but then that next client that you get is like, how much money can I throw at you to get what you have here to, to make my brand look the way that it looks here? Because it's just the clients really have to fall in alignment with the people doing the work. Exactly. Exactly. Wholeheartedly agree. What is like your favorite aspect of working on a project with the client? Is it the brainstorming? Is it the excitement that they have when they start seeing their conception sort of being visualized and, and, and put together? What What's really like your, your, your tearjerk moment. You know what it is? Honestly, it's when they see the final product and they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe my vision is actually a reality. That's the part that gets me the most. And it's it, it really makes me happy because there are certain things that just come naturally to me, like doing the voiceovers or writing content. I actually have one of my content marketing pieces as writing pitches for people, you know, an elevator pitch. And people struggle with actually trying to make an impactful statement about what they do, which is kind of ironic because you think about it, that's your bread and butter and you don't really know how to express it to people. They give me all of these different sales sheets and marketing videos and here's everything I have. 
Right. And I have to turn that into something under a minute. Right. Or even two sentences. You know, <laughs> or even that's... two sentences. Like people don't realize how much time it takes to create something impactful. The shorter amount of time you have, and it's it's like all of that material you have to condense. To me, that's wow. I mean, that's really powerful. And it really is kind of time consuming too. But seeing their reaction to the final product is what makes me happy. Yeah, I can't agree more. You know, I yeah. I had a, a presentation I had done recently for a medical company and I don't know, they've been in business for about 31, 32 years, I believe. One of the things was, it was a voiceover and it was a PowerPoint presentation. PowerPoint presentation, I mean, I'm not going to knock it. It was what it was. It, yeah. it did the job, but the night and day difference that the company saw, you can feel it. You can, I mean, the ex- yeah. you, know, you say, hey, I'm looking for feedback. And you don't, you know, they're like, oh, gee, we don't know what you're going to come up with. And, you know, everything's a little tense when you're signing off on things and mm-hmm. putting on the positive. But then when you start showing them some of the things, you start getting email after email. Hey, this is a great, and you should this, and now we're going to talk about that. I'm going to show this in the meeting. And you're going, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, that exactly. is that confirmation feeling that I am doing what I do best. I'm doing what I love. Exactly. And people appreciate it, you know? Yeah. To me, it's always amazing. I'm getting paid to do something I enjoy. I mean, think about that for a second. You know, a lot of people don't necessarily get that in life. That's why I'm always encouraging people. If you don't have that in your nine to five, then you better figure out how to get that in your spare time. I can tell you, I can attest to that. I I have picked up a lot of jobs. So when people talk about starving artists, you know, there's going to be some some dead points in your in your yeah. career life where things are just not. I mean, they're just quiet. I've loaded trucks. I've I've yeah. done fast food, you know. And I remember just loading those trucks up. You feel like there's no clocks. There's there's you're there early. It's an early a.m. shift, graveyard shift. Mm-hmm. You don't know what time it is. You don't know when you're finished. You're just sitting in there and you and you you hate it because you know that you could be doing so much more right now, making so much more money with your with your time. And it's just so it's such a heavy, heavy downtrodden, seeping, just oppressive yeah. atmosphere, you know, and to okay. be able to turn around and be creative and have these opportunities come up. There's been opportunities where they're they're hitting hard for three or six months at a clip. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe there's a month or two where you're catching up on paperwork, you're collecting new clients or yeah. needs or prospects. In your experience, what do you find is, I guess, even for other listeners as well, what is probably your best methods that you have now or that you're pursuing for prospects or, or leads for your next business opportunity? Honestly, a lot of people need to start networking offline. That seems to be something that a lot of people have shied away from. Have I gotten clients off of social media? Yes. A lot of people seem to neglect these networking events. And I find a lot of different networking events. Meetup.com has a lot of different networking events like business networking, but also just events in general, Hmm. things that you are interested in. I have gotten clients based off of just going to things that I'm interested in. So I take Spanish classes, right? So I have a Spanish meetup group that I go to. I've actually connected with people via my various interests. Networking offline has been just as integral to me prospecting online. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It does. I actually did a episode. I have a recruitmentary podcast as well for those listeners who listen to the mini series. Uh, recruitmentary is now that dedicated content. We actually just did a episode about networking, and I share the same story there uh, to listeners. But 
I went to a recent event and there was a young uh, design startup. They, they seem interested, but you know, unfortunately you look at their website and there's some things spelled wrong and prices just look a little too cheap, you know? So you kind of know where they are in the phase of their, in their startup. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you just, you need to know where people stand. Great guy. I mean, him, his wife, I think his friend was there or business associate, all good people to talk to and hang out with. And I just remember getting, you know, a message and he just says, you know, how much, how many sales do you get from these? You know, because we went there and, and, you know, my business associate, he was just, he was just really stressed out because he wasted his time. He didn't make one sale. And my response is, listen, if you're going there cold day one, within five or 10 minutes, trying to make some sort of business happen, it's not going to happen. People don't work that way. You don't go on a date with somebody immediately and then marry them afterwards. It just, <laughs> some people do. I mean, you know, there's a range of yeah. But the process is, is that there is that need to be, okay, first of all, present in your community. People want to do business. And I've said this before in previous episodes, people want to do business with people that they know, with businesses that they're familiar with. If I know you in the community, I'll do business with you. If I've never heard of you and you look like a fly-by-night flight risk business, don't want to do business with you, you know? And exactly. that is, again, the epitome of success, especially when you are pounding the pavement, being your own entrepreneur, sole proprietor, or even if you are a marketing manager or a marketing coordinator in a bigger organization looking for your new opportunities or influencers. Is there anybody specific that I, I that would stick out in your mind as you are canvassing different opportunities that either client, I mean, you don't have to name them by name, but client-wise, that was really like an amazing client or that did a lot of warm referrals with you or w- with your business because you did such a great job with them? Ooh, um... I would have to say, yeah, I do. The project that I'm working on now, they have referred me to quite a few different people. The project I'm working on now is the one that I was telling you about, like the geography course. I ended up getting a referral from someone else to do their other course as well. So it's, yeah, it's honestly, I I still pinch myself because I can't believe that I'm actually getting paid just to do something that's natural. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, weird for me? Cause I'm like, huh? Like people would always tell me about my voice, but I never took it seriously. And then I'm like, oh, there's money that people will pay and hear me talk. I'm like, all right, okay, let's do this then. (laughs) And there's value in it too. And that is the by doing what you do naturally by the gifts given to you and the opportunities that you can seek as an individual, not only are you providing value for those people who are seeking it out, because again, somebody's getting paid for that job. It might as well be you and it might as well be the quality of work that you're able to give out. And also to win-win with the company getting what they want, you having another piece another great piece in your portfolio belt. And then I got to say, those warm referrals are awesome. You know, I don't yes. do a lot of marketing, email campaigns and blasts and stuff like that. Once you do one, they refer you and it's it's just, you'd be surprised how much work you can get from just warm referrals alone. Exactly. And that's what I tell people all the time. Do your best the first time. I mean, I don't care how much they're paying you or if you feel like, oh, they should have been paying me more, then that's on you. You mm-hmm. should have done a better job with the contract. Mm-hmm. But it's still up to you to deliver something that is something that you want to put your name on it. Because if you don't, you're really going to miss out on those referrals that you could have gotten. And and I'm with you on that. Referrals make it so much easier. The clients are coming to you. I mean, 
you're saving time from having to search for clients. For the life of me, I don't understand why that's hard for some people to grasp. <laughs> it's not even it's not even that is listen, if you break it down into money and time frames, you have to make a certain quota per month in order to pay the bills, pay your overhead, and make some money. I mean, again, unless you're looking at it on a quarterly perspective. But if I'm looking at something and I say, Am I spending more time behind the desk? Or even if you're a contractor or you're a project manager and you're managing resources, because again, I've done that before managing assets. Am I spending more time negotiating and building as a business developer, building new opportunities and reaching out to people for new work? Or am I actually getting work done and getting paid and moving forward? And if you're spending too much time on leads, you're not getting paid. And then that per hour quota that you have to hit just ends up being higher and higher and higher. Exactly. And then nobody wants to hire you because then your per hour is too high that you need to meet in order to make it. So, and I agree, you know, you've got to do a good job. You have to do an amazing job, even if you do spec the project too low. Yep. At the end of the day, make sure you do a bang up job because that next, and I've actually had this happen. So I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot stress enough where... You have like a, I had a stupid little business card thing, which was a total waste of time. The guy, I didn't like the logo at all. It was some fist thing that he wanted to do. It didn't look right. He he wanted to have the colors a certain way, but I did it. Paid for it was great. But then I got a, uh, at the time, this was years ago, and I got a website design, brochure design, and business card design package done, which, you know, at that time was, you know, a big job. It was $1,500 or whatever. Oh, yeah. it was. Like, hey, you know, but if I didn't do that little business card job that I didn't feel look great, but it was yep. for anybody listening, there is a difference between putting a piece in your portfolio that you think looks good versus the end project that the client gets. <laughs> so if you do not like what they have, so it's true. okay. I've done that. I go, this, this looks horrible, but that's what they want. That's what you're there for. That's what you're getting paid for. But if you want to show somebody something great in the future, Boom, do it. I've done that with yep. Museum of Art uh, here in Florida. I was under contract with another company, but their layout was super colorful and pretty as far as their mock-up looked great. And that's what I show because their final products, I mean, again, two, three, five years later, it changes. You want them to look at what the mock-up was because again, when the website went live, it was as close to that mock-up as possible. And it's beautiful, it's absolutely yeah. beautiful. And you want them to see your work. So. Exactly. An interesting question that I do get often with people who are listening to the podcast and just in general, if you had people that were starting up or getting fresh into the field, industry and the type of work, I mean, it's much different. You know, we've started 15, almost maybe 20 years yeah. ago, depending on you know when, when your passion really hits you. What would be some things that you would advise, I guess, new design recruits in the field looking to get their feet wet, new opportunities, starting up their own design firms or working for themselves? What would you, what would be your advice to give them? Really figure out what it is that they want to do. And, and I know that sounds kind of crazy what I'm saying. You have all of this noise out there. Some of us get lost in that. They don't know the difference between inspiration and kind plagiarism. of copying. Yeah, mm -hmm. plagiarism and copying. So what is it that you want to do? Focus on what it is that you want to do. Once you have that solid foundation, I have no problems when people start going out there and looking, okay, I wonder what else is out there in the marketplace. Just curious. 
I know this is what my talent is. I'm going to focus on this. But then you still can't have tunnel vision and not know what's going on around you. I feel like you have to focus and set your foundation first before you figure out what's going on in the marketplace. I want people to really know who they are first and then start figuring out what's going on outside the marketplace. And maybe you may come across two or three different people. Oh, wow, I really like this particular design or I like this person's voice or I like how they write. You can use that as inspiration, but don't sit up there and copy people. I feel like people go out there and start looking first before actually establishing it before actually establishing what it is that they're good at. I agree. And, and I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about so many different, you know, opportunities that people have copied. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had clients where I used to give unwatermarked proofs. Hey, can we get a copy of this business card? All of a sudden they go down to Kinko's and they just say, Hey, can you make me a hundred of these? They don't pay for it. And yep. literally then somebody starts ripping off your, your version of that. I've been not paid for work myself and then somebody's copying, but the inspiration factor now, there was nothing, and I know this is going to sound really bad to anybody listening, but as a fellow creative, you understand that nothing yeah. that anybody has idea-wise is original. Every thought yeah. that has come into your mind, somebody else has crossed paths with somebody else in this universe at least twice. <laughs> you know, at least twice yeah. in this point. So, so, But what you need to understand with that is... There is no problems with borrowing elements of something and not stealing, but if you like a certain color or theme or something like that, and then making it your own. So Exactly. Build on that. Yeah. I've seen people actually steal pixel for pixel, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. are you serious with this? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that's insane. But there's a difference, and that's why I said, figure out what it is that you're good at, your talents, what you can do. And then start going out into the marketplace, seeing what else is out there. Because you can't live in a bubble either, right? I mean, you have to keep up with what's going on in the industry. There is a difference between inspiration and just flat out plagiarism and copying. I do not subscribe to that whole notion that, oh, you know, it's, it's you should be flattered that someone wanted to copy you. No, I can't pay my bills with that. Like, that's right. irritating. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to be flattered by that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, my thing is this, and I think the overall notion is if you have something that's worth copying and people are copying, then you know that you have yourself a definitive money-making project and a great idea. Yeah. But the bigger takeaway that I want to have, you know, that you sort of touched on uh, is your style. Once you develop your, your, your artistic, creative voice and direction, mm-hmm. hone in on that, lock on that and become that. You would be the Vincent Van Gogh of whatever it is that you do. Your Edgar Allan Poe, your Dale Hughley. I mean, the guy is a beast. Dave Chappelle, uh, yeah. you know, stand-up comedy. Once you have your voice, everybody is going to relate every other thing that happens afterwards and they're going to relate it to you. You are going to be the new icon that people... And you're not going to know that until you, and it's going to take a few years. This isn't something that happens in a year. Sometimes it doesn't happen in a decade. It really depends on how much dedication and sorting it out. I mean, for my brand, I have gone through, I want to say almost 15 years now of different variations of colors and trying to make it feel. And only within the past year or so have I come to a point of colors, branding, and direction that really makes real clear sense. What it is that that, that speaks to the demographic looking at my work that reflects what it is I'm about and also has that polished, simple, be it artistic creativity that you would expect from the brand. Super, super important. So 
I like that. I like that. Really find your find your inner creative voice, hone in on it. Don't let it go because that's what makes you you. And make sure that your work just be careful. You know, you may have to tone it down for a couple of corporate, you know, gigs and stuff like yeah. that, but you'll still get paid. And at the end of the day, it's still your work. So definitely. With us wrapping it up, is there anything that you would want to mention to anybody listening? Definitely. They can definitely connect with me on my website, Starring You, and that's S-T-A-R-E-N-G-U.com. So they can connect with me on Starring You or even LinkedIn. Definitely open to accepting connections. One thing I do, you know what? Let me preface this too. Uh oh, hold, hold on, hold people. on. There, there's there's small print. <laughs> there's small print in this, ladies and gentlemen. Listen carefully. She said connect, but this is the real thing you gotta listen to. <laughs> okay, when you send a LinkedIn connection, please don't leave it at the generic one. I mean, that, that was one of the reasons why I connected with you because you actually, I don't know, you seem actually personable and you. No, not me. me. No. Yes, and you no. actually had a reason why we should get to know each other. So like, I I just want to like tell people, don't just totally copy what the LinkedIn has, personalize the connection. Hey, I heard you on this particular podcast, or, you know, I think that I'm working on a project. Maybe we can connect or collaborate. But I've just had like some really interesting, like weird LinkedIn connection messages lately. It's it's just, I have no problems connecting with folks on LinkedIn either. Just take that one extra step. All right. So you hear that. You the figure fine, out the message. The fine print here, ladies and gentlemen, is to make sure. So we'll, here's what we're doing. Anybody who's listening to the podcast, we're going to do a hashtag. We're going to say talks with Tasha. Okay. <laughs> T-A-L-K with and then T-O-S-H-A. We're going to, if you put that in your intro, anybody listening to this, she will automatically accept your invitation. Okay. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. So listen. In the notes as well, the description below. Hash, if you use that hashtag, she will automatically accept. But in all seriousness, she's a great human being, wonderful voice. If you have some voice work for her, reach out. Tosh, I really appreciate you being on the podcast and being a guest and, and sharing your time. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I had so much fun. You're awesome to talk to, honestly. Thanks for tuning in. This is Michael Midnight signing off.